0: We're live?
1: Yeah, live. Are you in the right group?
0: I hope so. That many groups now? Yeah, I think so. Right, we're in, yeah. Hi, everyone. Hello. Okay, so today's talk is going to be on five reasons you might not be losing fat. Um, so we just wanted to touch on this because... Um, People are always looking for something to blame as to why they're not losing fat. And they usually come up with many different reasons, but we just wanted to point out that it's not your genetics. Everyone does have different genetics and it will play a part in where you store fat and how you lose it, but it won't be the reason you're not losing fat. You've not got a damaged metabolism. It's not your age. And we understand that it is harder for some people to lose weight than others due to medical conditions, environments, etc. but it's not impossible. Uh, so we're just going to go through and highlight a few points that could be the reason that you're not losing fat, okay? Um, so number one is you're underestimating your calorie intake um so in effect you are overeating and i think this is probably one of the most common ones that people slip on up on isn't it but yeah i think a lot of people don't actually realize they're doing it even people that aren't new to dieting that is one way people will underestimate what they're actually eating um and if you're new to tracking as well This will obviously happen a lot more often because it's something new and it's not something you're necessarily very good at yet, but over time that will become more accurate and over time it will get better. Putting peanut butter on some toast, like you might track 10 grams, but in reality you've scooped a massive scoop out of the tub and you've actually had 30 grams, maybe more, and that is going to be, especially peanut butter, which is why I picked it, that's going to be a hell of a lot of difference between 10 grams and 30 grams. So yeah. uh, like that is something that we just do as humans. We like, we just sort of lie to ourselves, which is another Indeed. reason could be uh, stopping you from progressing.
1: Yeah. Okay. In, um, yeah. oils. Like the difference between a one cow spray and olive oil is huge, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Um, that. That was going to be my next point as well. Not tracking condiments, so your sauces, ketchup, mayo, olive oil, butter. Um, they will all add up over time, won't they? And they could take you out of a deficit if you're not tracking them. And light mayo, sorry, lighter than light mayo is a good condiment to have, isn't it? That is fairly low. Another thing, um, if you are well, anything like me
1: and um forget half the things you do in the day um even snacking on your kids um food or mindlessly eating and then just forgetting to track it at all
0: this is something I actually do quite a lot because yeah <laughs> I'm I think, about it. I think everyone's guilty of that just nibbling something that you think oh it's only this I won't bother tracking it or they just generally don't track it but they all add up don't they all these little things over time add up yeah and they will make a difference in what you're doing and and if you're going to lose weight or not so I guess the overall point of this one is to and if you're not tracking just make sure you are being mindful with little bits of food that might be sneaking in where they shouldn't be okay uh, number two is overestimating calories burned so i think the first thing i want to say on this is that if you are tracking and you are and your my fitness pal is connected to like your watch or something and it's adding calories onto your day then stop this straight away and i would disconnect it if you can so you don't get confused with the calories um when we initially work your calories out we've done this with exercise already Mm. included into it Mm. and this is because tracking apps that you use so like your apple watches your fitbits etc are not accurate and even when you're in the machines on the in the gym on the machines they're not accurate like me and bet could both be on the machine and it could tell us like we've been on machines before have not we where it's told us we've burnt exactly the same in in like the time but in reality we're not going to burn the same because we're two totally different people I'm a lot taller than Beck I weigh a lot more than Beck so that calorie amount isn't going to be the same so yeah I mean and just to put this into perspective if you're if you're you do a complete workout and your watch is told you you've burnt 300 calories and then you eat them 300 calories back but in reality you've only burnt 150 calories that's gonna be a big difference that will add up over time and could potentially stop you losing weight. 100% agree.
1: I think a lot of people are quite guilty of going off what their Fitbit actually says as well, aren't they? I have had a few conversations with people. I'm
0: not mentioning any names in particular, but people in this group that will will be doing a workout and they'll stop a couple of minutes into it just to start the watch.
1: I also don't think it's a good relationship to be comparing your workouts to calories you can consume, like eat. It's totally separate, isn't it? Eat to nourish your body and work out to feel good.
0: Yeah. And I think over time that can create a bad relationship with food. If you are looking at it that way, like I need to burn, I need to work out to burn this amount of calories like that isn't we say this all the time don't we that isn't a reason you should be training and you should be wanting to exercise like the want to exercise should be for health
1: Mm -hmm. make you feel good
0: Mm -hmm. also if you have been dieting for a while um there will be some metabolic adaptation that will have taken place so basically what this means is that over time your body will become more efficient at working with the calories you give it And one of the ways it does this is by reducing the amount you move day to day, usually subconsciously. So things like fidgeting, simple things like taking your cups back to the kitchen after you've finished with them. Um, Rather than taking it every time, you might just end up with a collection on your side that you take all at once. And then I suppose even conscious decisions like when you plan to go for a walk, but you're not going to go because you're too tired. This is why having a step goal can help as well because it, you've got a target to aim for and to a certain degree you can make sure you're still being as active as you were prior to dieting. Okay so coming on to point number three is lack of sleep. Beck, I know you wanted to do a bit on this didn't you so do you want to start on it? Yeah it is something I do want to look more into. I um,
1: obviously i do know like it is important for your health and it does help um improve performance and just generally live you um be able to live better from day to day um it also will help you control your emotions hunger levels etc so i'd say sleep is if you are like dieting um, or it's fat loss that you are looking to achieve, um, I would definitely make sure that, you know, you're, you, you are nailing your sleep because it will um, help with your results. Um, but, yeah, I was saying this the, the other day because, like, we all know how, how sleep is, is important for everyone. And, like, I've only just started trying to get the boys into a better sleep Pattern and routine, even though sleep is something you go on about all the time to your clients, isn't it? Make sure you get enough sleep. Uh, yeah. Only now am I working on my own. My own family—it's quite quite bad, really, isn't it?
0: But yeah, I think I can always tell with my diet when I've not had enough sleep because that is when you start feeling, you start picking, don't you, and looking for energy buy a food even though it's sleep you need and and I think this is one of the the things that people don't notice much and they don't really realize the effect it will have on them until you start looking into it a little bit more Um, and then there was a study in 2006 um, done on women who slept five hours a night we're more likely to gain weight than women who slept seven hours a night. Um, And the main reasons for this were being tired makes you feel hungry when you're not. Um, It affects your cortisol levels, which is one of the hormones that regulate your appetite. Um, And then it also may cause you to like skip exercise, move less and burn through a burn fewer calories throughout the day so yeah if um if sleep is something that you don't get enough of maybe it is time to start trying to increase it a little bit and by that I don't mean like going if you're only currently getting five hours go sh- jumping straight to eight like just gradually over time increase it or try and get a bedtime routine in place that allows you to wind down and go to sleep that little bit earlier so might be something for simple as reading a book for half an hour before you go to sleep that always makes me fall asleep and start nodding off while I'm reading um but yeah so sleep
1: you're just generally more productive throughout the day aren't you with more sleep
0: yeah definitely do know it's a big difference
1: so um what's your bedtime routine
0: just a a book before bed so now I've got my six-minute diary, so I do my six-minute diary. Well, actually, so really, I make a brew. That is a part of my routine. I'll take my brew upstairs, and I'll, I'll get into bed, do my six-minute diary, and then I'll read. At the moment, I'm reading a book on intuitive eating. So, yeah, that's my bedtime read at the moment. Um, and then, yeah, by the time I've done... Usually only about three or four pages, and I'm not enough by reading to be honest. But I've never struggled with sleep, so I like I can't really relate to somebody that struggles with sleep. I know they might have to have a a lot more around their routine to be able to really wind down. And mm-hmm. also, I touched on this last week. didn't I that I'm, I'm, don't go on my phone now after nine o'clock. So I try and after Facebook, I don't go on uh, after nine o'clock. I don't go on any socials. If someone texts me and it's not work-related, then I may reply. But other than that, really, I try to stay away from work and switch off. What's yours, Pat?
1: Pretty, pretty right. much the same. So I'll try to stay away from any blue light um, 30 minutes before I go to bed. I I um, get myself a glass of water, though. I don't really tend to drink brews in the evening. And then, yeah, I am currently reading um, James Smith's book.
0: His newest one?
1: No, I'm on his old one. Oh, the first one? First one, yeah, but um, I've nearly done that. And then I've got two more books lined up for when I've
0: finished. What are they? Um, Is Butter a Carb? Oh, yeah, I've done that. You've already read it? Yeah. Bad Science. Well, well i tell a lie i audio book is butter a carb that that is really good i'd recommend that book to anybody by the way but i have bought the readable version as well because i did learn a lot from it so i am going to go through what's it called like the hard copy and make notes and stuff from it
1: yeah
0: and then that bad science i i started reading that the other week at bedtime but that is so like, that's something you need to read first thing in the morning. Like, you know, when you're awake and, like, what's yeah. you really you're looking for? Engage. Yeah, you need to be switched on and, like, really understand what you're reading with that one. Because yeah. I was finding I, I weren't really taking it in, you know, reading it at night when you're sort of tired. So, yeah, you need to be in the right, like, deep reading to read that one.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I'm I'm exactly the same as you. Um, I literally read four pages and I'm gone. I'm fast asleep. And and nothing seems to wake me up. I'm quite a deep deep sleeper.
0: Yeah, me too. Okay, so next one, point number four, is you are you're in an overeating restrict cycle. Now, before I go into details on this, I just wanted to make a point of that some of your mind refer to this as like binging on the weekends. Now, I'm recently trying to be careful with how I word things, and I'm now calling it overeating because binge eating is an eating disorder and it's something that needs to be treated professionally if you suffer with it. And the difference between binging and overeating is that binging is a complete lot a complete loss of control. So it doesn't actually matter the amount you're eating. It's the fact that you've completely lost control when you're eating. So a good way to know the difference between these is that if you was asked, asked if you was in the moment and you thought you might be binging or overeating, is to ask yourself, "Could I stop right now if I really wanted to?" If the answer is yes, then you're overeating. If the is no, then you're binging and I would advise you to go and get professional help. So yeah, I just wanted to highlight the differences there before I went into this.
1: I have read a bit what you've just mentioned, but um, it makes sense actually what like completely. Um, I think I use binge uh, without even thinking
0: about what it actually means quite a lot I think everybody does so for example I'm binging on Netflix or like everyone associates like like binge drinking and binging on the weekends don't they like with food and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. actually if you are binging it is an eating disorder and you do need to go and get professional help but there's obviously more to it, but one of the key points to it is a complete lack, lack loss of control. Like you cannot stop eating, even if you really wanted to. So um, overeating on the weekend is usually common when people restrict themselves massively during the week. This is very common, isn't it, Beck? Something we see quite a lot. Yeah. Um, you tell yourself certain foods are off limits or you massively reduce your intake during the week so by the time it gets to the weekend you're starving and you're craving all your favorite foods you end up falling off your diet and then sort of having a fuck it attitude I don't like swearing but that is what everyone sort of has and then you eat anything and everything come Monday you then decide to massively restrict again and the cycle continues and what people don't realize by doing this is that when they look at the calorie intake over the week they're actually usually in a surplus or maintenance but they think because they've eaten so little during the week they think it's okay to eat whatever they want at the weekend because they've been good during the week or they sort of associate the weekend with a cheat day.
1: And it will give you a bad relationship
0: to your favorite calorific foods as well. And yeah these Seem to go totally off track at the weekend. And with the cheat day, I, I hate the word cheat days because, like, you're not cheating on anything, like, really, are you? Your diet is and always will be a part of your everyday life. It's not something you can cheat on. Yeah, so over time, it will, weren't it like we have just spoke about, another way to create a bad relationship? The way the way you look at food and good it's that whole good or bad food as well isn't it every food, food has a place in your diet no matter what type of food it is
1: it is a very common thing isn't it that people do quite often they think they've done really well um during the week and then they think the weekend won't won't um, ruin it when they're going off having uh, treats here and there which will over. Three three or four days. That's another thing. The weekend is actually like forty percent of your whole week. It's quite it's quite a lot, isn't it? To ruin a ruin your process like your diet.
0: Yeah, there's a is it is it forty-two percent of your week? Yeah. If you if you include Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which is massive, isn't it? Yeah. Really?
1: You can you can actually cause a lot of damage and people will start on a Friday won't they like I'm guilty of soon as I've uh, put the kids to bed cracking open a bottle of wine on a Friday night doing the same on a Saturday yeah and um, alcohol is very calorific isn't it and I think people just because you're drinking it you're not eating it seem to forget (laughs) that it actually has calories in it
0: Yeah, I think it doesn't actually fill you up either, does it? And I think more so as well the day after. That's when, like, when you've drunk, you're lacking energy or, like, you reach for things that you wouldn't necessarily normally reach for if you hadn't have had a drink. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think that's a big one. And we spoke about this the other day, didn't we, about, um, like, if you are a person that does struggle at the weekends – then tracking your weekends could make a massive difference in terms of you getting results. So for most people, they could probably get away with not tracking during the week because that's when you're in a routine, it's all structured. Whereas at the weekends, we haven't really got any times to keep to. You're sort of more at home, although I suppose you're at home a lot at the moment, aren't you? Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's usually when things tend to creep in. So I would, if you are someone struggling that is losing, losing, struggling to lose weight, and you feel like weekends are your downfall, then I would take an extra effort to try and track them, be really mindful and see if it makes a difference. Okay, so we go to point number five is that it's just not showing on the scales. This is one we talk about a lot, um, but I do think it's always good to mention it because this is what a lot of people struggle with, isn't it? The mindset of stepping onto the scales and not seeing the results on the scales. So we'll just state that weight and fat are two totally different things. So even though you're losing fat, it just might not necessarily show on the scales. And that can be down to a variety of reasons such as not going to the toilet, um, how much water you've consumed, how much salt you've consumed the day before. What else is the bet? Where you um, are in your menstrual cycle, or did
1: you mention that? No, yeah, menstrual cycle. Time of, um, the time of your evening meal, if it's later than usual.
0: Yeah, and I guess that's a good point to mention as well, that when we do wait, always weigh first thing in the morning after you've been to the toilet that is the time to weigh don't go weigh in in the morning or well sorry in a dinner time or at night time when everything you've eaten and drunk throughout the day is going to be inside you um always weigh same time every morning well if you weigh every morning but yeah there's a lot of things that can affect oh, you. yeah try and stick to the same scales as well because Even scale to scale can be different. And you know what I found as well? Weighing yourself upstairs in your house to downstairs in your house will change the amount you weigh. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe there's more gravitational pull when you're upstairs or something.
1: Hmm.
0: But yeah, unless it was just my scales, but I moved my scales and it was different. Well, wherever I weigh the lightest, I'd be keeping them there. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> yeah so might not be showing on the scale so and another good one to point out is if you're sort of going through some a sort of body recomp so you might actually be losing fat but building muscle which is it again is might not show on the scales but your body shape will change massively okay so they were the five points that we wanted to cover today uh, hopefully listening to that you might have just taken something away from it or something might have clicked somewhere that if you are struggling right now you can look at these factors in a bit more detail if you do need any help or anything whatsoever reach out if you've got any questions just reach out post in the group messages directly whatever um other than that that's it for today so bye everyone Bye.